0: Good morning, New Hope. Great to be with you as we wrap up our series, Exit Strategy, going through the book of Exodus. And uh, I think for me, one of the greatest inspirations on on the power of prayer comes from Pastor Jim Cimbala of the, the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church in New York City. And their church has built such a dependence and such a culture of, of prayer, it's amazing. There's story after story of, of miracles and answers to prayer built largely around their Tuesday night prayer service. And Pastor Simbolo would often say, hey, if you're going to come to church one day a week, don't come Sunday, come Tuesday. That just shows how important they believe in the power of prayer. Uh, one of these Tuesday night prayer sessions, one of the women leaders in prayer came to Pastor Simbolo and said, I believe we're supposed to, focus our time, I believe God is leading us to, to uh, pray over your adult daughter. And, and Pastor Jim didn't want to make it about himself, but he recognized that that's just the way God was leading. And when he went home that night, he told his wife, Carol, if there's a God in heaven, our prayer has been answered. And he talked about the power of the prayers, of the fervent prayers of the people, almost knocking him over when he was on stage. A couple mornings later, as he was getting ready for the day, his wife came to him and said, our daughter is at the front door. And as he went there, she threw her arms around his legs and said, Daddy, who was praying for me? On Tuesday night, who was praying for me? She said she felt like she was falling in a bottomless pit, and God reached down and grabbed her, surrounded her with his loving arms. And that moment, that rescue, that answer to prayer became the way of her exit strategy of walking out of rebellion and walking in a new life and committed herself in in Christian ministry. Throughout this series, Exit Strategy, we've looked at how God called his servant Moses to come and to rescue his people, the Israelites, to take them out of Egypt, out of captivity and to set them free. And we, like the Israelites, all need to make this exit strategy to walk out of our old lives, to walk out of our sin, and walk towards the new life that God has for us. Today, as we wrap up our series, this is our our big idea. In order to walk towards a new life with God, we need the power of prayer, the ownership of our sins, and to take a step towards his victory. So first of all, we need the power of prayer. If you're following along in your Bibles, I'm in, uh, in Exodus 32. This is not on the slides. It's a little longer section, but I'm reading verses 1 to 14. When the people saw that Moses was so long and coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come make us God's "'who will go before us. "'As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, "'we don't know what has happened to him. "'Aaron answered them, "'Take off the gold earrings that your wives, "'your sons, your daughters are wearing, "'and bring them to me. "'So all the people took off their earrings "'and brought them to Aaron. "'He took what they handed him and made it into an idol, "'cast in the shape of a calf, "'fashioning it with a tool. "'Then he said, "'These are your gods, Israel, "'who brought you out of Egypt.' When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterward, they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down, because your people whom you brought up out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation." But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people, whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger and relent and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give your descendants all this land I promised them, and it will be their inheritance forever. Then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. One of the most consistent patterns of Moses' leadership was the way in which he prayed for the people he was leading and constantly sought God's guidance. Rather than getting caught up in defending himself or arguing a point, he used his energy to carry the people before the presence of God. And doesn't that go directly against human nature? When, When we hear anger and complaining and criticism and blame, we most often use our energy to defend ourselves or to blame others. But Moses does something almost supernatural. He uses his energy to bring the people before God. And over and over again, this pattern was consistent. The people complained, and Moses cried out to the Lord. When the people go wayward... And they slide into sin away from God, they complain, they worship idols. Moses again and again intercedes on their behalf. Even when his own brother and sister are envious of his leadership and complain, his sister Miriam uh, gets leprosy, and Moses cries to the Lord on her behalf, and she is healed. Perhaps the story in Exodus that best illustrates the power of prayer happened back in Exodus 17 when the Israelites faced the Amal- Amalekites in battle. And we're told that, uh, that jo- uh, Moses sent Joshua to be the general in the battle, and he took Aaron and her up on the mountain, and he said, I will lift up my staff before the Lord. It's an awesome story, right? Whenever Moses is holding up his hands in prayer, the Israelites are winning. Whenever his hands get tired, the Malachites are winning. And so Aaron and Hur set a stone and put it under him, and they support him, and they lift up his hands. And Israel wins that battle. This is what Ruth Haley Barton says, being this reliant on God for the actual outcome of things is a very edgy way to lead we are much more accustomed to relying partly on God and partly on our own plans and thoughts if the issues at hand are really important. If you want to get the job done right, you better do it yourself, is a sentiment that we apply not only to people but to God himself. It is always good to have a backup plan if the life of faith doesn't come through, we rationalize. Do you have or have you had a praying grandma? people surrounding you, covering you in prayer. I've told this story before, but my brother who passed away last February, for 20 years he ran away from Jesus. He he slid away. He ran far from God. But he had prayer warriors lifting him up daily in prayer for 20 years. And what a joy it was three years ago to reach out to those Prayer warriors, those friends of our family, to say, God has answered our prayers. God has miraculously done it and brought him back to Jesus. Because of our human nature, it's so easy to slide off the path of walking with God. In order to walk towards a new life with God, we definitely need the power of prayer. And secondly, we need to own our own sins. After Moses prays to God and God relents of destroying the Israelites, Moses walks down the hill and and he's carrying the Ten Commandments that God has has written out on the two tablets of stone. And when he gets down to the edge of the camp and he sees the dancing and he sees the golden calf, he's infuriated and he throws the tablets down. And they're broken to pieces at the foot of the mountain. And then he takes the golden calf and throws it into the fire. And he crushes it up into powder and he throws it into the water. And he has the Israelites drink it. And then we read, and you can read on the slide. He said to Aaron, what did these people do to you that you led them into such great sin? Do not be angry, my lord, Aaron answered. You know how prone these people are to evil. They said to me, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who has brought us out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. So I told them, whoever has any gold jewelry, take it off. Then they gave me the gold, I threw it into the fire, and out came this calf. Don't you just love the way Aaron takes this serious license to uh, kind of, you know minimize his sin. I just threw in the gold and out came this calf. What happened to the tool, Aaron, that you fashioned the calf with? But that's what we do. That's what sin does. It seeks to cover up, to minimize, to rationalize, to explain away, to deny the reality of our sin. But all that work to try and cover up and to hide, it can be so exhausting, can it? When we're we're living complicit lives, when we're out of God's way, when we fall off the path, it takes so much work to cover up our addictions, our, our moral failures. But God makes it so much simpler. It's never easy to repent. It's never easy to confess our sins. But we have to do that. It's the only way forward of of walking out of our sin and into freedom. When Jesus first announces his public ministry in Mark 1.15, we read, the time, of, the time has come, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Because of sin in this world and sin in our hearts, we all need an exit strategy. We all need to walk out. Jesus wants to rescue us from the captivity of our sin and to, to bring us into the newness of eternal life, into freedom. And the first step of receiving the good news, receiving his salvation, receiving his freedom, is repentance. We all need to repent and own our sin. I love uh, Pastor Jim Olson, uh, president of the Pilgrim Center for Reconciliation, he's coming this Saturday with others and uh, leading the Heart of Reconciliation retreat. And he says that there's a two-sided key to freedom, repentance and forgiveness. We can't get to freedom unless we take the step of freedom. This fall, I was with another prayer warrior, and and we went to someone in the community who, who asked for prayer for evil presence In their home. And as we we explained um, the steps of freedom, we were going to pray over them and over the home. We explained how the first step is repentance and how we just confess whatever's on our heart, whatever we need to ask God forgiveness for. And as we did that, I instructed just to pray whatever was on their heart. And there was kind of a long pause. And I noticed this resistance. And then the person said, well, can I do that part later? And just gently said, unless if we want freedom, if we want to walk out of this, if we want to say anything needs to go, we need to first of all repent and confess. And and they did. And there was a change in the atmosphere. And all that ick and all that hard, anything not of the Lord Jesus had to leave. And there was just joy and peace and even laughter. In order to walk towards a new life with God, we need the power of prayer. We need to own our sins. And thirdly, we need to take a step towards his victory. In Exodus 32, verses 25 and 26, Moses saw that the people were running wild and that Aaron had let them get out of control and so became a laughingstock to their enemies. So he stood at the entrance to the camp and said, Whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all the Levites rallied to him. After the power of prayer of Moses on their behalf and the call to own and repent their sins, Moses calls for anyone who is of the Lord to step forward and to come to him. Throughout the the Exodus story, we've seen the sovereignty of God. We've seen the power of God. We've seen the grace of God at work to set people free. But there has to be this step of calling on God, stepping forward, surrendering to his will, and to see the salvation that he has for us. I love how we see this in the story of Jesus in the 10 lepers. In Luke 17... We read, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. In this short gospel story, we see three ways that God heals First of all, he heals us socially. It says, as they went to the priest, they were cleansed. And this is a a social cleansing. They were lepers. They could not be involved in community life. And so they were cleansed. They were purified. They were set back into a good standing socially with their community. And then were healed physically is the second way God It says when the one realized he was healed, is physically, physically being healed, he went to praise God in a loud voice. The third way that we're healed is a, a full spiritual healing. Jesus says, Where were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? And then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. This word well in the Greek is so-so. And it means saved, healed, delivered. You see, Jesus doesn't want us to just be socially healed. Jesus doesn't want us to just physically be healed. He wants us to have a so-so, a full healing, to be well in spirit, soul, and body. I think Jesus says, where are the other nine? Because he wants all of us to come to him for that full salvation. He wants us to step forward into the victory he has. He wants to cleanse our hearts. He wants to heal us in mind and soul and body. Don't stop at just one of these healings. I believe we backslide because we settle for a limited salvation. Don't settle for physical healing. Don't settle for for social cleansing. Step forward to Jesus and say, "I I want the whole tamale. I want the full salvation, God. So what's your next step? How is God calling you to receive his full salvation? What Egypt... What bondage, captivity, sin is he calling you to step out of and to to walk into the new life that he has for you? During the final song, I'm going to ask you to serve your self-communion. You all were given that when you came in. and Maybe you want to prepare those little buggers right now. They can be kind of tough to... Peel them peel them back a little bit. Get them started so you don't miss the awesomeness of this time with God. But I want you to prepare your hearts during the final song. I want to ask you to, to open your hearts completely to God. To confess any sins to him. And take that time before him. And then when you're ready to take the wafer and to say, Say to yourself, Christ's body broken for me. Say that. Christ's body broken for me. And then you, you take the cup and you say to yourself, Christ's blood shed for me. His body was broken for us. His blood was shed for us to cover our sins and to set us forward into this walk of freedom. But before we get to the final song, as Justin mentioned, we have a, another powerful testimony from the Heart of Reconciliation Retreat. And Jody Briggs shot this video. And so this is a new hope life story. And I just have to tell you, when, when Jody and others went to this retreat, the next day I saw her in church, and the light of Jesus was on her face. It's the full salvation, and, and I'm just so thankful for what God continues to do in her life. And so as you hear this testimony, if, if God is nudging you, if God is inviting you, we pray, we pray that the people of his choosing will come to this retreat. And we have it here this Saturday. It's a powerful opportunity to let God heal your heart. Whatever God is inviting you to, take this time. Listen to this story. If he's inviting you to the retreat, get in touch with me in the next couple of days, and we'd love to have you. Check out this video.
1: Hi, I'm Jody Briggs, and I'd like to share with all of you the... Um, experience that I had at the Heart of Reconciliation Retreat a few years ago. I was completely stressed out, full of anxiety, uh, full of guilt, and really felt that I had not been able to mourn the death of my mother. So I decided that I would see a therapist, and during one of the sessions, during therapy, my counselor asked me, where my spirituality was. It was profoundly important for me at that point to explore my spirituality and my relationship with God. So at that point I decided that I needed to find a church and I found New Hope. I started to attend services in Isanti the week of Christmas a few years ago. And I will never forget that time i immediately walked in the doors and felt at home and felt comfortable and felt that i belonged there so as i was attending new hope for the next couple of months the heart of reconciliation retreat came up and i knew deep down inside that i really needed that so i reached out to pastor foley and i sent him an email and I told him that I didn't have a lot of experience in that type of thing and I was nervous, but I was going through a lot of struggles in my life. And he encouraged me to come to the retreat and that I would find peace. As I walked in to the retreat, my fears immediately were banished. We sat in a circle and we shared our stories if we wanted to if we felt comfortable with that and through all of that I learned that I could accept the grace of God that he had forgiven me that I needed to forgive myself Um, and I know that that God continues to show me the path to freedom whenever I ask. I just have to ask him for that. I can't be in control if I want the freedom from my sins. I have to trust in Jesus, and Jesus will show me the way. To sum up my story here, what I'd like to do is, I'd like to read you what I wrote at the end of my um, retreat. It's uh, a reflection of what I learned. Jesus is inviting me to trust in Him and to follow Him, to lean on Him in this time of sorrow, death, illness, and loss. I must give up my control and let Jesus guide me to peace. By letting go of my perceived ideas or outcomes and instead leaning on Jesus, trusting His path, He will grant me mercy, And I will know that there is a better life walking in his path to eternity. So if you are struggling with something in your life right now, anxiety, anger, fear, grief, depression, whatever it might be, I highly encourage you to attend the Heart of Reconciliation Retreat.